Hey y'all, so this summer I'll be doing another independent study and this one will be somewhere in between Shaniqua Walker Barnes, Too Heavy a Yoke, and Henry Newen's The Wounded Healer and I will need your help. Black women, women of color, I need to hear from you and hear about your experiences of healing others while simultaneously trying, trying to heal yourselves. I know you have stories and I have the ear to listen. You don't need to know your every step to take one. You don't need to know your every move to make one. So make one. Baby steps will still move you forward. But only if you're willing to move forward. Be willing to move by the end of this episode, and hopefully this season, you'll be willing to move. For new and timeless listeners, I'm your host, Amarachi, and I'm honored you've joined and subscribed to The Fragmented Whole. The Fragmented Whole is a podcast series that examines Black, Brown, and underrepresented narratives of resiliency, reconciliation, and the revisioning of relationships with self, others, and the world at large. The audio that opened today's episode was that of our guest co-host, Lenikia Williams, a first-generation-born Jamaican-American, born in New York and raised in North Carolina. Lenikia is a self-proclaimed sinner, sociologist, and seminarian. She and I attended college together, shout out to them Tar Heels, and she is currently working on obtaining her Master's of Divinity in St. Louis, Missouri. In June, Venikia tagged myself and other black women and women of color in a Facebook post seeking our narratives for her independent study about how women of color strive to heal ourselves and others when society can be less than supportive of our humanity. Her project struck a nerve with me because the fragmented whole is centered on acknowledging and giving voice to the brokenness within ourselves and others. And with that awareness, seeking healing through dialogue. Without further ado, I'll leave it to Venikia to get into the nitty gritty of her study. Um, This independent study was needed because um, the seminary that I attend, it is predominantly white and male. And um, not just within that space, but typically in others, if there's a space in which I want to go in into immediately and feel seen, and if I'm seen, not targeted, to feel safe. I've often had to to do the work of building that on my back, um, which does leave you feeling depleted. Um, And looking around, serving um, the people closest to me who happen to be women of color, they would tell me all the great things that they were doing, whether it be in their um, school life, career, Um, just interpersonally with different people. And they would talk about all of these great things and still just on the fly mention that they cried themselves to sleep last night. There was was something that was so great about what they were putting out and still at the end of the day feeling as though they they didn't want to carry on even if they could. Um, And it was so, so heartbreaking because you want, to make sure that your people are okay, right? You you talk about squad goals. It's not just about posting pics and taking trips. Like, I want to make sure that my people are okay. So mm-hmm. this independent study was taking it um, 
taking it a step further, saying I, I don't just want to read the blog post or do whatever. All those things are wonderful, but I, I wanted um, particularly to hear the stories. Um, and you, you said that you identify as Christian. Scripture would tell us that our healing is based in our confession. It is this telling of our stories, the sharing of testimonies, what you've seen, what you've been through, where you believe that you're going. And so I wanted to create more space for people to be able to share that without fear of being judged, being seen as weak, um, automatically being written off, and then also um, provide some sort of way where we can, as a community, community, start developing these resources and these strategies to um, while we continue to do the work, no one's saying that the work should stop while we continue to do the work, be doing that work um, just full of more joy and full of more life. So that was truly where this independent study was birthed from. I was drained, worn out, and I was seeing it all around me. And I was like, something mm. has to give. <laughs> something has to give. So um, within within just my own personal studies, these aren't authors that are in my um, class syllabi or whatever, what have you. Um, Dr. Shaniqua Walker-Barnes and her book, Too Heavy a Yoke, um, speaking to the myth of the strong black woman and all of its mm. implications, my goodness, rocked me forever. Um, yeah. And then another book particularly was um, Henry Nowen's The Wounded Healer, and he speaks um, mm. particularly particularly to the person of Jesus, but really within it is speaking to ministers. And I feel like um, healers, practitioners, saying the work of healing others and yourself begins with the art of articulation, being able to speak to all that's happening within you, all that's happened to you, and then being able to, to share that um, with other people, not just for the sake of having the oppression Olympics, right? Like I too have yeah. suffered, but for saying you are not isolated, as many of our sufferings would have us believe. It's saying we are here, we are community, and as a community, we will get through this. So I wanted yeah. to wed those two things and and be able to provide some resources, develop a curriculum, and almost raise an army of healers. <laughs> That's yeah. that's ultimately the end goal, and I feel like it's what the times call for. Mm, I love that an army of healers. That is yeah, dope, hella dope. As Vinikia mentioned, I identify as a Christian, and while religion is not an explicit tenet of my platform as a social activist and educator, it is a critical part of my identity, which inadvertently makes it an implicit part of my ventures. On numerous occasions, I have witnessed peers and strangers share narratives of being stigmatized by Christian institutions and disciples that have acted in ways that refute the tenets of love and inclusivity central to Christianity. I was curious to learn if and how Venikia, a seminarian, promotes inclusivity within her platform. And here's what she had to say. Um, I didn't send you this question, but it's kind of a question of kind of been on my heart um mm -hmm. you know myself as I, I identify as a christian um but i i'm engaged in a lot of areas and conversations um mm -hmm. with different individuals from an array of backgrounds but particularly different religious backgrounds um right. maybe being agnostic or atheist 
Um, mm-hmm. And nothing wrong with those identities, but right. it's interesting having when I'm having conversations with these individuals, the the stigma that can come behind that label yeah. of being a Christian, um, whether that's yeah. in regards to sexism, patriarchy, um, homophobia, and I'm, I'm yeah. you know, and my platform is all about you know self love, self care, inclusivity, no matter your gender, Absolutely. sexual identity. Etc. So I'm curious with your platform of, you know, social justice and advocacy, um, but at the same time within your, within your, your identity, particularly and mm-hmm. your platform as well, you know, religion is the basis of it. And so I'm curious, yeah. how do you navigate that with being, you know, having your platform being based off of, you know, theology and divinity, but still being inclusive of different narratives and voices? not to, like, push people out, but to bring people in? How do you uh, navigate those waters? Absolutely. Great question. So just from where I stand, when I read the scriptures and when I do these things, the God that I encounter um, isn't in opposition to any of the things that you just mentioned. When um, I I think of my beliefs and creation and all of that, I, I definitely believe God to be the initiator of those things. And there is this thing called common grace where, where truth is evident, even creation speaking to the beauty and the, and the majesty and the glory of all of this. And so when people believe that the true reflection of God, Jesus, whomever, is just um, the straight white male from the suburbs who, you know, is pursuing his doc, it, it's just this one thing, then you limit God, you, you put God in a box, and that's certainly not what's needed in a work towards liberation for all. So even as we talk about within the Black Lives Matter movement, correct, when we start to say all Black Lives Matter, it's because we have to start doing the work of saying there is space for all of us, and then if there's not, then this truly isn't the work of justice. It is just Mm. a matter of you getting by and stepping over whoever's in your way. That's not justice work. So if we're truly going to say that we're committed to the work of justice, and if we dare put God's name on it, we do have to practice that all the things that you mentioned, that love and that inclusivity that allows for diversity and expression, um, all aiming towards love. There is justice where there is space for all of us. Couldn't have said it better myself. Now, back to that independent study. When I had this conversation with Venegia back in June, she was right in the beginning phases of conducting interviews in person, over the phone, and a number of other mediums. Despite this, I was curious to know if any major themes had arose from her initial findings. Yes, so um, I would say just to begin, you wouldn't be surprised to know that everyone is going through in some capacity, um, yeah. the idea of saying, this is hard, it, the length of time that you might be going through, that that has differed, but everyone has the story of going through and overcoming and going through and overcoming. And while that can seem trying, what's been beautiful is also to hear um, people go on this journey, and even as they start off, often with traumatic things, they they're able to feel the lightness and the freedom that they've earned just through walking through these hard places. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that I often ask if we're in person or over the phone, that sort of thing, 
I often wrap it up by saying, what is it that you would tell your younger self? What would you have wanted, what would you have wanted to know um, that would have helped you navigate um, these past few years or even going into the future? What, what would that message be? And that, that process of self-reflection, the having to sit with your thoughts and being okay, that speaking to that young girl, whether she be wounded or confused, whatever it might be, I think has been so beautiful to see um, as as people have spoken um, personalized messages that still bless me so much. I'm like, that wasn't even for me. And still through you finding that healing and through speaking that word of encouragement, even indirectly, I've been um, blessed by that. And so I'm excited to see as we go forward what those messages of self-affirmation will do for women as a whole who are finding healing together. So um, another thing that's been great to see is women who aren't ashamed of therapy, who aren't ashamed of counseling, many of them who aren't ashamed, uh, who have had the opportunity to be medicated and they'll speak on it like, this is what helps me, and I'm, I'm not ashamed of that, to have them have conversations with their family and their friend groups and it not be this secret, hidden, dark thing. Um, I've just been encouraged to see how um, in the past few years when we speak on mental illness and even within the past few weeks with these public suicides, like people mm. who are like, no, I've, I've, had, I've had to take this thing seriously. One woman who was like, if I didn't, it would literally kill me. So people who aren't um, passive about this, it's been so encouraging and simultaneously challenging um, to say this is something that we get in order um, and that we get right. But also, and I'll um, wrap up by saying, oftentimes when we speak about self-care, I don't think we do it intentionally, but We can minimize it by saying, well, take a bubble bath, drink a little bit more water. And there's this place for all of those things, but self-care becomes this thing that feeds into this myth of rugged individualism where you are pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And it buys into this this Western and really American concept of it is just you and you are all that you have. You're the only one fighting for yourself. But through these women, it's been clear when I ask them, who are these people and where are these places, they're able to pinpoint by saying, it was this sister who called me in this moment and checked in on me. It was this person who offered coffee or a shot of bourbon. It was this person who (laughs) who made sure that I was okay. And it was really proof that while you need to do the work of, yes, making sure that you're hydrated, that you're able to relax and do all those things, complete healing isn't done in isolation. So um, all the things that I'm trying to learn to believe and internalize for myself to hear all of these women actually living it out in some capacity and varying degrees by themselves, like that's been really encouraging. So Vanika asked many of her respondents what advice they give their younger selves to navigate life a bit easier. I wanted to know what she'd tell her younger self. And uh, (laughs) she did something I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I would say, girl, life life is going to come at you, um, but stand firm. It would be the don't waver. Learn how to be tough, but also be gentle. Learn to be 
learn to be gentle with yourself as you learn new things, as you fail, as you redevelop. Um, and I think that would have helped me navigate um, the past five years, even if I had allowed myself to, to learn and grow without the idea of thinking that it had to look perfect, that it was this mm. linear journey. Um, mm. I, I think that would have helped um, develop a lot more inner peace. <laughs> it's like the world yeah. is going to be chaotic. That you can't control. But in terms of your inner dealings and how you maintain, like if you recognize that it won't be perfect and that you – it's okay to be human. It is okay to be faulty and to know your limits and allow yourself to test those often. But if you do feel like you can't do it all, that has nothing to do with your your – it doesn't make a value statement. It doesn't say that you're less than. It says that you are actually human and that you might need someone to do this work alongside you. So yeah. learning that I don't have to be everything has been, has been, oh, so life-changing and a complete paradigm shift. Wow. What about you? What would you tell oh. your younger self? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you for putting the question back on me. Thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Geez, what would I have told the younger Amaranchi? Honestly, I think what you said really resonated with me. I think I've always been a perfectionist. Um, but the truth is, I guess, like, what I would have told myself is, like, you're going to mess up. And you're going to mess up a lot, but it's not mm-hmm. the end of everything. And if something right. is meant to be, it's going to be for you. And if you miss it the first time around, if it's meant for you, it will come back around. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I'm still, I guess, like, I'm still battling with understanding that for myself, um, mm-hmm. of, you know, like, not being afraid of messing up or making a mistake. Um, and, like, the thing you said about being unwavering and that sometimes, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, like, life makes decisions for you. Um, <laughs> but at the same yeah. time, it really does, you know. But when you are given, despite life making a choice for you, you, you're able to control how you respond to it, you know. Right. You can either let it right. cripple you or you can let it compel That's you to greater. And when you are given chances to actually make choices, like believe in your inner voice. Um, yeah. I was I was talking to my therapist, actually, and um, I, was, I was talking to her just kind of about, like, for me, I have really hard times making decisions because it's, I don't want to mess up and I don't want to discipline mm. my family and, like, you know, being first-generation born and being, you know, yes. a, an example <laughs> for other people. Yeah, man, it's, it's a lot of pressure, and I don't want to yeah. make a mistake. But at the same time, you know, she's like, Marchie, like, what what is it that you want? And whatever it is that you want, you have to make sure your actions align to it. Like, I know you want to please mm-hmm. all these people and you want to do all these things for other people. But, like, you have to go to sleep with yourself at night. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. You yeah. have to deal with yourself 24-7, 365 days a year. So you have to find a way to, like, make yourself happy and truly listen to your voice and make sure yeah. your actions align with your specific voice. And it is so the good. hardest thing in the world I, I love her she's amazing but like <laughs> it is the hardest thing in the world particularly when you're whether I, I hate to admit it but like a people pleaser you know like yeah <laughs> so that is what I would have told I would tell the younger Amarachi <laughs> so yeah and when I say younger self sometimes I'm just talking about a few hours ago <laughs> exactly 
Yeah. I giving myself more grace. Yeah. Yes. No, but that's, that's so good. That's so beautiful. No, I love it that you said giving, giving yourself more grace. Um, because that's what my name means. My name actually means God's grace. But like, yeah. there's so many times. Yeah, like, yeah, there's so many times where, like, I did not give myself grace. I did not give myself Mm. compassion. I would give grace and compassion to so many other people, but, like, I couldn't give it to myself. I was, like, so abusive to myself. And, like, I think, like, that's another thing I'm really working on, like, trying to be more compassionate, first and foremost, to myself without feeling, like, selfish or narcissistic or, yeah. That's it. You preaching. Yeah, That's what I'm trying to battle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a daily battle. It's not easy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gotta love it when the interviewer becomes the interviewee. It keeps life interesting. As I've done with every guest co-host this season, I asked Venikia how she defines and ultimately practices self-care and challenges she faces with asking for additional emotional support when needed. Because Lord knows I do. <laughs> so um, I have not always done that perfectly. I will be yeah. upfront and honest in saying that. And because of that, I have um, had a few, um, like, rock bottom moments. And in those times, like, I, I can see as a sign of growth, I was willing to reach out and tell my friends, here's what's happening. Here's um what my mental process is, here's what my emotional bandwidth is. And it, it was that there's no there's nowhere to hide. So here is me. What are we gonna do with this? And thankfully, yeah. um it took some time to grow in trust and to grow in love. But I'm so thankful to be surrounded by people who don't mind calling me out on my mess. Who don't mm. mind loving me in my mess. They they they're not afraid to come close and and hug on me and cry with me. Um, they're not afraid to just watch that like stupid movie for the third time with me or like I said do the brunches. So yeah. um, I, I I think um, what within community we we're doing a great job of and still growing within is making it normal, um, creating a new normal where. You're just in people's face and it not be this, mind your own business, it's just me off to myself. Yes, there are times I'm an introvert, so I do detach, but it's not this thing of self-isolating. I've had to learn the difference between saying I need to recharge and I, I, I don't feel like I'm deserving of being in anyone's presence, like, and isolating myself. Mm. So self, self-care has really meant, um, yeah, checking in. And saying, Venetia, what do you need? And knowing that every day it won't be the same thing. So on some days it is soaking and doing the bath bombs and like, okay, I have my nice chill music. This is nice. <laughs> Another day is saying, all right, I went for my walk in the park. And other days it's saying, here are my people and here's the work that we're doing. And it actually is just doing this alongside them. That is really what my soul needed to be rejuvenated. So um, I'm so thankful that um, I allow myself to be loved. <laughs> I don't always do it, but that's been what's been so huge. I've allowed myself to be seen and known um, for whatever that means, and I don't feel like it's a performance. So if I'm messy that day, if I'm irritated that day, if I'm whatever, 
they they've learned to take me as I am and love me back to this place where it's like here's your true self. They've seen glimpses of it, and so they know what to call me back to, and that's yeah. what's been so refreshing. Continued food for thought that will hopefully compel continued acts of living bold, brave, and unapologetic. I want to thank you all for tuning into this episode of The Fragmented Whole as we explore the ties that unite and divide us to ourselves, our peers, and the world at large. This episode would not have been possible without our guest co-host, Venikia Williams. You can follow Venikia on IG and Twitter at VSW underscore. Again, at VSW underscore. She is also the co-chair of Faith for Justice, a coalition of Christian activists pursuing the biblical call to action in the public sphere. You can learn more about Faith for, Faith for Justice via their website, www.faithforjustice.com, and follow their events and activities on Facebook at Faith for Justice. I'd also like to recognize the amazing poet and musician, Intellect Allison, for contributing her song, Movement, to the intro and outro of this episode. She has a number of events coming up, which you can learn more about by following her on IG at Intellect Allison and Facebook at Intellect Allison Groove. You can also book her for events by contacting her at interestingconceptic at gmail.com. In the spirit of the arts, be sure to follow the Spotify playlist for season three of The Fragmented Whole, entitled Shit, I Love Myself. This ever-growing playlist was curated by me and features a number of uplifting and empowering tunes. Be sure to follow The Fragmented Whole on Facebook and IG at The Fragmented Whole, that is W-H-O-L-E, and Twitter at Fragment underscore Whole. You can also find this info on the official website, www.thefragmentedwhole.com. You can also follow me, Amarachi, on IG at Hella underscore Chic, that is Chic, C-H-I-C, not chick, y'all. And Facebook at Amarachi and Akronye. There will not be an episode of The Fragmented Whole next Monday, but be sure to tune back in for the newest episode of The Fragmented Whole on Monday, July 30th, so we can continue to piece together the news and self. Until next time, I'm Amarachi of Fragmented Whole, and I'm signing out. Be safe, y'all. You don't need to know your every step to take one. You don't need to know your every move to make one. So make one. Baby steps will still move you forward.